Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by to receive our transmission. Oh my goodness, I've got so much to talk about today. I've got a stack of I got a stack of stuff here to talk about today. Good morning, it's BK on the air, by the way. Saturday morning, nostalgic geek in talk radio monkey business here on WBHF. I got so much to talk about today that you won't believe the stack I've got. You could t- you could start a a small fire. You could start a large fire so with all these papers that I've got here to talk about. Alan Sanders is in here who just hops from one chair right over to the other when one of us goes off the air and then one of them comes I off. I take off the captain's insignia and I put on the, uh, Well, I guess, what am I, the uh, sidekick? Well, compared to what you do during the week on Barker's Morning News, you kind of put on your Hawaiian shirt and your flip-flops and kind of relax. I do. That's what you kind of do I'm, and let your hair down. <laughs> That's what you do on like this the show. Magnum P.I. without the, all the intrigue. You're like, boy, I'm glad the I looks. sit over here or and the just, killer stash. Sit over here and just <laughs> react to what this goofball says instead yeah. of having to do the news and stuff like that. It's kind of fun just to relax and do that. I, I was going to say while. something, but my wife would agree that I don't do it anyway. But I said, yeah, I don't even really have to think. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> we just nope. thought right Men then. can very much sit there for like a good hour with not one single thought in oh, their head. Oh, that's not, and we all know that's not true. Why do they think that? That's not Oh, I believe it. True. <laughs> I mean, I can I can act like I'm not, but I'm always thinking about something. It may be useless, but I'm thinking about at least the Three Stooges maybe at the very lowest part of my brain, which she never wants to watch. Well, I'm like, how about the Three Stooges marathon is on for New Year's Day? On, on They do it every year. I am not watching those darn Three Stooges. I hate and them. And she didn't like, use the word darn. Nope, she didn't use the word darn. She didn't even use the other word that starts with the, She used really a completely different one. A much, a much more colorful phrase. I can't say on the radio, which some people need to know that we can't say certain things on the radio. Yes. <laughs> From earlier on your show today. Here's a, here's a tip. We'll get into that. Though. If you're not saying it in church. <laughs> yeah. Can't say it here. That's for sure. Gracious. Yeah. We've got so much to talk about today. So many things happen. Throw a fit. I, I just want to kind of, <laughs> with an F, fit. Yes. Yes. Cold as a witch's fit. Which I want you to think about that fits. term, fit, though. It's kind of a neat word because it does mean different things. Yes, it kind of does. Like, there's is another it word appropriate? that begins with that, that letter that can mean a lot of different <laughs> things, too. Very flexible word. on how you use it. So. Let me think about it. Fit. Another one we can't say. Is it is it appropriate? Right. Are you are you healthy? Are you fit? Right. Are you throwing a tantrum, a fit? I mean, exactly. it's, a, it's a pretty interesting word depending on how you use it. Is it is it has something to do with size? Right. Does, are, that, does that is it the right size fit? bolt right. fit that whatever mm-hmm. your nail or a tool, something like that? So, yeah. That's another word that, uh, now the other word that she said on the air, that one really only has one meaning. So I don't there's know if any of the one. Yeah, there's one not, there's not many. There's, there's one. So, yeah. <laughs> Let me go over. Let me switch gears there was real no, quick. So, no no so, misunderstanding. Yeah. Switch gears here real quick so we won't throw a fit or anybody throws a fit listening. A uh, lot, lot going on this week. Some, some of the things I want to hit on today, and we can mention some of these because so much happened. There's a lot of hap- lot happened over the past week. Did you notice? It was I pretty did. busy news-wise and everything. Some of it we're not going to talk about because we don't talk about stuff like that. I don't care. But it's the stuff that I am 
wanting to talk about. We heard rumors. I don't know if this is true or not, but it certainly fits the template of this program. Robert Downey Jr. possibly in talks with Disney Plus and uh, John Favreau to appear in uh, maybe The Mandalorian and Star Wars. They don't. They're saying it's Admiral Thrawn from uh, from the Mandalorian and the Star Wars expanded universe, but we don't know who it could be. It could be he could be somebody else. You never could tell. But right. Admiral Thrawn would be an interesting character for RDJ to play. Well, it would mean yeah. he's a recurring character for yes. a, for a significant st- wherever that story arc goes because it right. was significant in the. Timothy Zahn books, and we know he's not. Were, a, we know Thrawn is not a good guy. He's kind of a bad guy. No, so no. If, that's uh, a if different thing for Robert Downey Jr. We could take two seconds, and basically, it's easy. After the fall of the Empire, uh, from Tur- there, there were lots. Of, there yep. were a lot of admirals. There were huge fleets. Sure. I mean, just because the admiral they didn't fell, destroy every one of them. The right. ships, yeah. And apparently, the admiral had a bunch in in, in cold storage, but that's a uh, the, the discussion. Did. He had like a billion of them. Yeah. But <laughs> um, Thrawn was actually one of the like grand admirals of a fleet, and he yeah. decided, well, nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. Someone's got to step in and build the empire. Who wouldn't? I'm like, I'm I, not hanging around to get in destroyed. In fact, the first book is called <laughs> "Heir to the Empire." He's like, yep, it's mine. And he's like got blue skin, right? He's like a blue skinned guy. Is that um, what he looks like? Yeah, I think they made it more prominent in the animated TV, right. like the Clone Wars, right. the the the. And I think Kitty he was in the, in, the, in the comic book graphic novel adaptation Probably, that yeah. they did. He had blue skin. The yeah. coolest thing about his character, which I've always thought was interesting from Timothy Zahn's perspective, he believed you could learn all about a culture from looking at its art, like understanding yeah. what did it consider beautiful in terms of sculpture or paintings or literature or music. And he said, and that would also show me where your flaws <laughs> were and I could come at, in and take them. you over. Yep. That against them. Because he would have scenes where he's sitting in a room, he's like, what do you think of this collection? Do you realize because of this, and he would go into this whole, like, yeah. they're susceptible to this, so I want you to hit them here. And and it, it was awesome. So knowing that you love metal music in Lord of the Rings, how, I wonder how he would use that against you, probably, knowing that you like all that. He would, he would find a way. What he would do is he would say, you've won a free trip to visit, (laughs) to see Metallica, and they're going to watch a special screening of Lord of the Rings with you and give you a private concert. And as I leave the house, On location where they film one of the films. Right. Yeah, right over there in New Zealand. Right. And then as I arrive, the bomb goes off. (laughs) Or he takes you captive. Because I don't even think twice. Well, of course I would have won that. That sounds like the perfect prize for me. single. I was singled out out of everybody. It's almost like it was custom only for me. Alan's like, I didn't even enter. (laughs) I didn't even enter the contest. That should have been the big red flag right happen? there. So that's an interesting thing about Robert Downey Jr. Um, <clears throat> today, uh, you'll hear the Golden Rage of TV after we take our first break and come back, but today marks our two-year anniversary uh, our association with uh, Pat McCormick and the Golden Rage of TV. It's been two years since Pat has been with us. And I that's think it's awesome. Been great, great relationship. You've had Pat on the on the Wilder Ride Listener Lounge. You know Pat from talking to him and stuff. Great guy. And a great big happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. Kiss goes out to uh, Pat. Burger King has got a new logo coming out on all of their all of their stuff. Did you see that story? No, I did. They're not. going back to the classic Burger King. Everything's going back to the classic one. You know the little the logo they used to have that had like a, a top bun and a bottom bun, and the words Burger King were inside mm-hmm. the bun. They're going yeah. back to that. So, as if the name back. was the was the meat of the sandwich. Right. And yeah. I think the, and all their packaging is going to look retro, and the wrappings on their burgers. We got that story too. Or that was the story right there. And uh, wow, the drama around actress Tanya Roberts. Did you see that? And I got sucked into that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, several. Major news media outlets are reporting that she has passed away, so I passed it on on social media and reported it as well. Well, seemed like who said that my death has been premature? Was that Mark Twain that said that? Uh, yeah, the rumors, rumors of my, of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, exaggerated. Well, apparently she was in bad shape but had not passed away yet. And then, again, within 24 hours or a couple of days, she passed away for real. So. 
We got that to talk about. It was about still too. a strange that was very story. Odd. Yeah, I don't know who who made the, the mess yeah. Up the on article that. I read said, "Who says you don't live uh, like a James Bond uh, girl? You only live you twice." Only live twice. And you know that happened to Bob Hope back in the uh, early two thousands. I was driving around one day, and her ABC cut in with, "Bob Hope has passed away," and blah blah blah. And you know, four or five hours later, they had to recant it. I'm like, nope, he hasn't. Nope. That was a that was a wrong Not report. Yet. Looks like he took another breath. Dang. I'll talk about Wonder Woman 1984 today because I didn't get to do it last weekend or the weekend before last because I had a lot going on. I'll give a little uh, review about it today. And uh, Marvel Studios, are they working on a Fantastic Four versus X-Men? I heard a rumor about that, too. All that and more coming up. It's BK on the Air. We'll return after these messages. Six, five, four, three, two. Do you want to go to the moon? Do you want to go to the moon? Why trust moments like these to anything else? Introducing Kodak Videotape. It captures the sights and sounds of every moment with color that's beautifully accurate. Unmistakably Kodak. Beam me up, Mr. Spark. When the moment means more, tape it and keep it on Kodak Videotape. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. One of the best legacies a TV series could have is its spin-offs. Shows like Happy Days and All in the Family are great examples. This is a list of my top five favorite classic TV spin-offs. Happy Days spun off the highly successful Laverne and Shirley in 1976, but in 78, it was the four-season run of Mork and Mindy that comes in at number five on my list. Initially beating Happy Days in the ratings, the show launched Robin Williams into superstardom. All in the Family spun off classics like Good Times in 1974 and The Jeffersons in 75. But at number four on my list, it's 1972's Maud, which ran for six seasons, earning B. Arthur an Emmy for the lead role. Eleven seasons of Cheers began in 1978. It spawned my number three pick, Frasier, starring Kelsey Grammer. Beginning in 1993, it too ran for 11 seasons, earning 37 Emmy Award wins. That's nine more than Cheers if you're keeping score. From The Andy Griffith Show comes my spin-off favorite number two, Gomer Pyle, USMC. This show, starring Jim Neighbors and Frank Sutton, ran for five seasons beginning in 64. And during its run, it was never out of the top ten in the Nielsen ratings. At number one, it's 1987's Star Trek The Next Generation. Of the multiple spin-offs generated by Roddenberry's 1966 creation, it inspired four feature films and multiple TV spin-offs itself. And with new series like Picard and Discovery, the Trek trend continues. Thanks to retro classic TV stations across America, the syndication aspect of these spin-offs keeps all these great shows fresh in our memories. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat, for the Golden Rage of TV report. I want to say a happy anniversary to Pat McCormick being on uh, second anniversary, two years with association here with BK on the air. Happy anniversary, Pat. He might check in with us late and call in at 770-386-1450 is our number. I want to talk about this because I did not get to it last weekend or weekend before last because we had it uh, was last a lot weekend. of people. We had a lot of people in the in this program two weeks ago in the studio, so we were naming lists and stuff. And when we get off on 
giving our top list and everything. That's just that's the whole two hours, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if there's three of us in here, I didn't know it was going to be three people. But that's always fun when we got a crowd. Hey, what a crowd! We had four we had a great crowd in here. Oh, at one point we did have four people. Yeah. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I did go see it. I didn't get the chance to really officially say anything about it on the air, but I did get to go see it on opening day. We were looking forward to a triumphant. We've been going to the theaters like you pretty regularly all last year. Anyway, we're trying to do our part to help you know patronize movie theaters and a lot of them were showing older films and uh, yes we did indeed go on christmas day me and my better 0.5 but mrs bk went on christmas day to see it because that's when it opened and we were looking forward to it i was a big fan of the first wonder woman film it was one of those dc warner brothers movies that i actually liked (laughs) out of all of them because i and i can count those on maybe one hand maybe half Part of a hand. I don't know if I can. Oh, count it's easy. All I just one need hand. one finger. So, uh, <laughs> but I did like. I, I did like Wonder Woman. I did like Shazam, and I did like Aquaman. Those are the kind of ones that I kind of liked. I'm like, oh, and I think I like those because they were kind of doing something different and kind of trying to be like a Marvel film a little bit. They, I don't think they were trying to copy them, but they were trying to use a little brighter colors. Didn't make it all dark and dank and turn the the color tones down to where it was washed. All the color was washed out and it looked dank and dark and and tried to actually have a little fun. Let's have a, there are comic book movies, so you are allowed to have a little fun with them. I mean, let's let's face it. Come on, Marvel kind of knows that formula. They know how to be serious and be fun and be adventurous and tell a great story True. along the way with great performances. I do think the problem is they they sometimes <clears throat> interpret fun to be goofy and just too goofy. Fun, yeah, too you don't goofy, have to yeah. be goofy. But uh, I always thought that I always thought that Shazam to me was was entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the family friendly Deadpool. It, it kind of it kind of broke the wall and 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 was tongue in cheek and it was like oh it's Deadpool that I can take my kids to watch because you can't take your kids watch to, to watch Deadpool no. let's be let's be honest well unless they're you know older teenagers or something 18, like my 19, kids 20. who have all seen yeah. it and love it you probably you still probably couldn't sit and watch Deadpool and Game of Thrones even if your kids were thirty it would be kind of embarrassing still definitely not Game point. of Thrones at the same so, yeah. time in the same <laughs> even room if they're thirty years old next to each other on the couch <laughs> like I should probably go make some popcorn let's right go to about the bathroom now bathroom break right now let's go but uh, wonder. No, 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 don't pause. I know what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm leaving the room. I know what happens, and I know what's coming up. I feel like I'm okay. Cold as a witch's fit. <laughs> but uh, Wonder Woman 1984, I, here's what I thought about it. I loved the first one. I loved the the, 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 the it, But after I saw this, this film set in 1984, it is a kind of a prequel because it's, it's a prequel to the, her later film, which is it's set in the past or whatever in the 80s. Why they said it in the past, I don't know, other than just being novel. It's a novelty just to show 80s stuff because it's cool, you know. Some of it was. Some of it, looking at 1984, the Wonder Woman movie, I'm like, no, that, that clothing was not cool. Fanny packs were not uh, flattering in any way whatsoever with your shorts and your big knee-high white socks that you're wearing. Chris Pine is back as Steve Trevor. They do explain in the movie how he's how he's back. And if you haven't seen it by now, you should have because I'm not really... Sp- you have no reason not to see it because it's been out in the theater and it's yeah, HBO, HBO Max. Max. And you can see it all you want. But Steve, Tra- the whole movie, the whole story of the film, you haven't seen it yet, have you? Nope. Well, see, I can't, I don't want to get too deeply into That's, it. You'll now be fine. Because, My wife saw it. Because, okay, what did she think of it? Did um, she uh, thought it was okay or didn't like it? Didn't ever her, watch it again? I think her review was eh. Yeah. That's kind of what my review is. Like, it wasn't That's horrible. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. She watched it to the end. Yeah, I did too. But I wasn't didn't give up. Yeah. She was just like, it's not a Marvel movie. <laughs> no, and and uh, it's the whole story. Pedro Pascal plays our heavy in it named Maxwell Lord, and he is a real character in the DC comic world. And I don't think he's really much anything like he is in the comic book in the movie. They're just using his name. Well, apparently he gets a hold of this ancient artifact where if you touch it, it's kind of like the monkey's paw, the story of the monkey's paw. If you touch this item, you can wish for things, and it'll come true. 
Yeah, isn't that a cool story, you know, to put in a comic book movie where you've got all these things you can do, and instead you do this thing where you can make wishes. I'm like, okay, that's kind of number one. That's kind of weak for a storyline. Then you've got him. Then you've got Kristen Wiig from uh, the Saturday Night Live who plays a lady who turns into the supervillain, the cheetah. Through mitigating circumstances, she becomes the cheetah. Not very utilized very much in the film, by the way, and kind of wasted in my opinion. But the whole the, – my my bottom biggest complaint with this film is – what I told people to do is with Wonder Woman 1984, if you go see a movie in the theater and it's a multiplex, go see something else that you've been wanting to see. But if you time it where you can go in and wait, if you can sneak in Wonder Woman 1984 and watch the first 30 minutes, do that. And then once the 30 minutes is over, leave and go see your movie. For I hate, you know, I don't really condone doing that. But that's what I would do because the first 30 minutes are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of spirals and just kind of keeps. It's like a plane on a slow descend to not a not a landing but a crash. <laughs> so it's we like shouldn't no. be picking up speed like this. <laughs> I mean, the first one was exciting. It had uh, it had the, the actor who played uh, Professor Lupin and and uh, Harry Potter as as a. Uh, the mm-hmm. God of War, Ares. Yeah. Uh, David Thewlis. Yeah, he's he was great. It's got uh, Chris. Chris Pine is back, but he's it's it's a weird. He's back because Diana wished him back. You know, Aww, she's been pining over him since no World pun War intended. II. Pining yeah. over Chris Pine. She's been pining over Chris Pine. <coughs> Steve Trevor. Uh, World War One. I'm sorry. The World only War review I, I heard that kind of made sense. It said, "Look, if you're a guy, the way we look at guys, you're gonna like Gal Gadot, and if you're a girl, well, sure, yeah. you're gonna like Chris Pine. Right. And they're both on screen. Go watch the movie." Right. I was like, oh, okay, so that's that's the review. That's pretty much okay. it. Yeah. Okay. I Long mean, even Kristen Wiig is attractive in it. She's she, she's in her own way. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's directed fine. Patty Jenkins is a fantastic director. There's nothing wrong with the way the movie is technically put together. The effects are great. It's a big movie. And I'm going to tell you something that may give you a little heart attack like Fred Sanford right now. And I'm going to tell you this on the air while I've got you. And I want to look at your face when I okay. say it. It's the best Hans Zimmer score I've ever heard. Well, good. You're, I you're actually growing might as a human buy being. this soundtrack. <laughs> I might buy this soundtrack by Hans Zimmer because, and I, and I, the reason I like it is very orchestrated, and it doesn't sound like a lot of his other soundtracks. It sounds more of an orchestrated superhero. You know, he's not copying. He's not copying Alan Silvestri from the Avengers or anything. It just sounds a little more non Hans Zimmerish, and I don't <laughs> know why he did it. Maybe he just did it for his own reasons. I don't know. Different, you know, he's you got know, a pretty big body of work of he scores. He does. He does. I also liked his uh, score for Backdraft, the fire movie with Ron Howard and. Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. That was a good soundtrack that he did too, but that was many years ago. But this is it's got a great score, great direction by Patty Jenkins. It's just I got a big problem with the story. There really ain't one. <laughs> That's my problem with it. That's... It's a it's about as thin as a little piece of string. I don't know how they it all held together with this story that they had. Yeah. Steve Trevor comes back. Things just happen too fast. It's almost like, oh, we got to get this just get started here, and let's make everybody just uh, accept everything that's going on. Very extremely, extremely unsatisfying ending. I mean, movies are supposed to build up, and your third act is supposed to be your climax ending of the film. Right. And this one is like, uh, oh, <laughs> and like she said, yeah, all right. I'm not really impressed. Do I want to again? And I'll have to put this one down as another DC film that I just really don't like. And I think that was the kind of the general consensus of a lot of people. Now, I see when it, when it comes on television and shows a trailer for it, it'll start out with all the reviews with five stars. You know, the, 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 the Washington Daily Post and blah, 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 and all these other papers I've never heard of <laughs> that give it five stars. Oh, that's not the big papers. The that's best the little ones. selling movie in America. From, a must-see. From, from Podunk. 
podunk paper in Tennessee or <laughs> something like that. So, But you can find good reviews and post them. And that's their job. They're mm-hmm. supposed to tell you the good reviews. They're going to post the bad ones up there. Jay Dufeldorf says it's, it's the best <laughs> movie he's Jay seen Dufeldorf? in 2020. Who is that? 2021. Uh, there hasn't been a bigger yeah. blockbuster than this. Technically, you're not lying. <laughs> It opened and was successful enough that they have announced, Patty Jenkins has announced Wonder Woman 3. They will be doing a third one. Hopefully they'll do a little something a little differently, but come on. So my official word on Wonder Woman, I give it, uh, if you want to be cut and dry, some people like to give it stars, some people like to give it this, give it that. I'd, and when I do a thumbs up and thumbs down, I've changed it now. I'll review something with the, if you use the thumbs, like Siskel and Ebert did, I use a thumbs up or thumbs down, but I also use a thumbs horizontal, meaning I can take it or leave it. I don't know. It didn't exactly blow, but it wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. I would kind of say Wonder Woman 1984 is a thumbs horizontal with uh, edging on thumbing down. Just It's it's kind of dipping down a little bit. So there you go. There's my official review. All right. If it stars, eh, I'll give it five out of ten. Five and a half. You know, compared to Marvel, it's it's not very good. We'll flash the audience with the news, the strange and bizarre when we come back. Friday, Wonder Woman shatters a hitman's disguise. Then, incredible suspense as a massive earthquake threatens a nuclear explosion. And the Incredible Hulk faces the toughest test of his life. Friday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain Time. Tomorrow on CBS. I'm sorry, Earth is closed today. You better pack it up and get out of here. Get lost, Squidward. Oh. How? Why is it whenever I'm having fun, it's wrong? Oh, we're having a good time here as usual every Saturday. Nostalgic Geek Guinness Talk Radio. I try to take all the... You know, it's been a rough week for a lot of people. A lot of news, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, You know, I got thrown off Twitter this week. Did I tell you about that? No. I I got thrown off Twitter... Because I had the audacity to express my opinion. Well, I mean, can you, you believe can. that? I got thrown off because I actually stated that the the Mogwai cutie Mogwais from Gremlins were much cuter than Grogu from The Mandalorian, and they suspended my account, which I guess to them was justified. <laughs> so anyway, but I'm just waiting for it to come back, so don't worry about it. It's okay. I should have it back by the end of the day. Good. So if you're worried, I was missing you because I know some people lose sleep because I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I know they don't care. I know. I, I think that all the time. <laughs> Are you lose sleep if I'm not on Twitter? I like it. Where, where, no he has not commented yet. He hasn't where, said where anything is in the he? last minute and a half. Go to his page. Hey, we all know I use social media to the max because number one, it's free, and number two, I like to promote the show and the podcast and stuff like that. Because who else is going to do it? If we don't, if we don't promo our own shows, Alan, we know that nobody's going to. So we kind of do that. But it's weird. Oh. It's time that we flash the audience now. You gonna say something? Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you off air, but I know who uh, got hired to be our new advertising salesperson oh, awesome. at the station. Do we know? Do you know them, or do I know them? Yes, you do know. Oh, them. I know them. Okay, cool. Yes. Well, then you tell me off the air who it is, and we'll, we'll okay. see if it, that little seems to surprise me. Okay. And uh, maybe we'll use it as a <laughs> next week if it's that spectacular. People won't know what we're talking but about. But I'm hoping if the person wow. who uh, – I'm hoping he may actually say, I'm going to help actually use our social media to promote if, – if, if he's allowed to. Yeah, well, let's hope that he's allowed to. <clears throat> we'll see. Oh, you're nodding. Well, that's good. That makes me feel good. Well, I hope so. That makes me feel good. Well, no, like I like Ed Because it won't be you or me. Like Ed Norton <laughs> said on The Honeymooners, there's always hope when you got water and soap. <laughs> So, clean it up. So, I got the first news from UPI. This is cool. Did you hear about this? The customized Pontiac 
Firebird Trans Am that portrayed David Hasselhoff's crime-fighting partner Kit in the 1980s series Knight Rider is being auctioned by the actor online. Really? Probably more than one, but this is one of them. Hasselhoff, who took ownership of the black vehicle after the series run ended, is currently available for sale on the website liveauctioneers.com. We could go bid on it. We might okay. win it, but we could bid something. It's probably a, uh, a minimum. $50,000. Oh. oh, that's I can do 40. I'm, I'm just shy. Yeah, but not 50. The auction scheduled to end on January the 23rd had reached the high bid of $975,000 as of Thursday afternoon, far exceeding the auctioneer's estimate of one hundred and seventy-five to 300000 So they're well beyond That says their three ex- times estimation. more. Lot winner responsible for, uh, for the delivery expense. Now, if the hammer price exceeds 25% above reserve price, the Hoff himself, Michael Knight, will personally deliver the car to the new owner. That would be cool if I had money to do that. That'd be even cool. Itself. Here are the keys to your car. You got it, pal. Uh, <laughs> Whatever his catchphrase. Wait, where, why doesn't it talk to me? Like, uh, uh, You realize that that's just that's Hollywood, just right? <laughs> well, for that kind of money, they can install that in the car if mm-hmm. they wanted to. The actor's auctioning off a wide range of official merchandise. Wow. Says here. That's a See, push. it was a stretch because I couldn't even pronounce it there. Uh, including a Baywatch pinball machine. And a 14-foot, I think it's a surfboard, those little things they rode to rescue people on Baywatch, the little red pontoon things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of cool, I think, for uh, for the Hoff to be out there to, hey, uh, to be doing stuff like that. I you know what, say what you want about David Hasselhoff. I'm a, I was a David Hasselhoff fan. I loved Knight Rider. He's just uh, he's just kind of cool. Isn't it weird that he, he was at one point in the running to play Bruce Wayne in a Batman movie? That would have been a he, different Batman movie. He's an icon overseas. Yes. In some areas, he's like a god. I mean... Hey, he has one music quick scene ability. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> he spears for just one little scene. Hey, David, we need you for a day to shoot this shot. Can you come in and shoot this shot for us? Hey, he was in the SpongeBob movie, too, making fun of himself. Hey. It was great. He's fantastic. Him and William Shatner, the two guys that make more money making fun of themselves than anything else. You got more money than we got. All right, I got the next news. We make fun of ourselves. We just don't make anything good. Nobody cares. <laughs> a Tennessee restaurant broke a Guinness World Record by assembling a 1,120-pound dish of... Uh, it's a hot dog. Nope. Uh, it's spaghetti. Uh, lasagna. Nope. 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 What? Spam musabi. It's a sushi-like dish involving rice and spam layers wrapped in seaweed. Okay. Spam, 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 and spam. Wipe off my mouth. <laughs> spam and rice. Spam, spam, and spam. <laughs> Yuck. Yes. We used to, as uh, kids, we're like, what does spam stand for? Smash pig and mouse? I don't know. <laughs> yes. And more, <laughs> probably. Well, according to this, Chemo's Hawaiian Bar and Grill in Clarksville said the record uh, said the record attempt raised funds for local nonprofit, the, no, the local nonprofit Loaves and Fishes, uh, for their program. The chefs aimed to defeat the previous world record of 628 pounds and ended up nearly doubling it at 1,120 pounds. The dish was assembled at Loaves and Fish's new facility, which is aiming to open within the next two months. So it was for a good cause. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by Fox 5 in the studio here. It's like uh, I'm just getting distracted here for a second. I never, I never understood cooking spam or cooking bo- uh, bologna on the stovetop. Everybody's like, oh, have you never tried fried right. bologna? Yeah, I have, and it's it's okay, but it's just not my preferred way of eating. It's like fried one, ham. You know? it's I like, love frying up ham with go with eggs. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of. Oh, oh, so good! I got the next news. You like fried hot dogs? I bet. Not much different than bologna. Yeah, on a grill. Yeah, I guess it's no, not, gr- not grilled. Fried. You don't fry, you've never fried never your hot dog? Fried hot dog? Now, I've had one in a chimichanga at a Mexican restaurant where it's in the middle of the of the thing and deep fried, but I've never had a fried no. hot dog. No. I used to do that all but the time I'll try as a everything. kid. I'll try anything once. 
all my scars on my body. <laughs> Prove that. I'll try anything. Once. Shoot your eye out with that. From UPI, a Canadian police officer investigating a witness report of a severed foot at the side of the road made a considerably less alarming discovery. It was a discarded mannequin's foot. Oh, good. Oh, it wasn't really a... It wasn't really a... That's a good thing. The Delta Police Department in British Columbia said an officer on foot... <laughs> And Ladner was stopped by a passing driver. The Post said the officer went to the location and discovered the object was lucky, not a human body part, but rather the foot of a mannequin. So thank goodness that it wasn't really a real foot. Well, that was a step in the right direction. He would would have had to write a completely different report and have an investigation if it was... Sherlock Holmes showed up and said, the game's afoot. (laughs) I'm not sure. We've been talking hot dogs. Do you want a foot long? (laughs) If you keep this up, you're going to be such a heel doing this. <laughs> Look. You are acting so weird and immature. All right. I got the next news. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Police in New Jersey responded to against <laughs> You're making me laugh. Not another severed thing, I hope. Police in New Jersey responded to a McDonald's parking lot where a pair of chickens... <laughs> You could, re- just, you could just stop right there. There may not even be a reason to read the rest of that. I don't even know where it's going, but I just not a not the first line I was expecting as it was on the next I rolled over like where a pair of chickens at McDonald's were reported lot. wrecking havoc and chasing customers. <laughs> I don't want to be a pie. And look look where it is. It's not even in the you think it's in the south or Tennessee or Georgia or Alabama nope. somewhere. The it's Washington not. Township Police Washington. Department said in a Facebook post that an animal control officer was dispatched on a report of a flock of chickens wreaking havoc at our local McDonald's on Route 31 South. Now, the story continues. <laughs> the officer arrived to find two, specifically two chickens, har- harassing and chasing customers and pecking at car tires. <laughs> Cute little couple of nuggets out there running around. Yeah. You guys know what this is in the Happy Meal there? Come on, kids. Animal control officer was able to capture the chickens with help from the manager of the McDonald's eatery. The chickens were taken to the Common Sense for Animals shelter where they were later claimed by their owners. Thank goodness. Oh, they had owners. Okay. They were being a bit peckish, I'd say. So they weren't showing up on the menu, which is great. They were objected to the the nuggets, you know. Come on. Let's talk about chicken nuggets. They're like a little part of it. You talked about spam being ground up everything i guess mm-hmm. and that's all nuggets are chicken nuggets the leftover parts because parts is parts feet beaks everything and people i keep, don't think beaks there's people, a little no there's everything people keep te- people keep telling me what chicken nuggets are made out of <laughs> thinking i'm gonna quit Claws. eating them i'm like if i haven't stopped now right every now and then i'll get chicken i am nuggets not one of those snack. people by the way yeah. if you tell me what's in it and it's already been in my mouth and tasty I i'm really like oh care. okay that's interesting well, <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? Speaking of there, we'll keep flashing the audience when we come back. It's Slinky. It's Slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. What walks downstairs with loner in pairs and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's Slinky. It's Slinky. It's Slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's fun for a girl and a boy. It's fun for a girl and a boy. Get a slinky in a size and color you like in metal or plastic. What rolls downstairs, a boner in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and fits on your back, it's log, log, log. It's log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, log. It's better than bad. 
We'll continue to flash the audience here. I've got another news. From UPI News Flash, a jeweler in India broke a Guinness World Record when he set 12,688 diamonds in a single ring. Wow. That's a feat. Harshit Banal, founder of Renai Jewelers in Merut, said he was studying jewelry design in Surat in 2018 when he started considering attempting the Guinness record for the most diamonds set in one ring. Basal's company has now unveiled the Marigold, also known as the Ring of Prosperity, which features thousands of natural diamonds. Guinness wow. certified the ring as a record breaker when the diamonds were officially counted at 12,638. The previous record was a ring from India's Hallmark Jewelers with 7,801. Heck, the last one was a was a lot, which was a big feat, too. But this one has 12,638. If you go on and search for that, what, what I just said in the text there, if you go on and search for, for that, you'll see a f- picture of this diamond. It is a, it's pretty stunning looking. That's... Well, is you it like a twelve-story ring off you your finger? To, you might, well, no, they're small. It's not even really as big but as you 12, think it is. Thousand. It's not even, and that's that's even more crazy because how small they were, how small the diamonds were that he put in right. it to make over twelve thousand of them. You had to wow. you have to wear sunglasses to look at the darn thing. I'm telling you, even on your computer screen. Golly, yeah. Mrs. BK's only has about eight thousand in hers. I I can tell her. you, I do lack a ring of prosperity. <laughs> I don't have it. I have a ring around the bathtub. And I don't think I'll ever get it. I have it. a ring around the collar. <laughs> i got a ring around a lot of things. I don't have a ring of prosperity. Not yet, anyway. Sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> no, you're going to acquire the ring of the prosperity, ring of Harry. prosperity <laughs> to bring you your heart's desire, but there's always a price to pay. Uh, alas, earwax. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like Harry Potter thing. <laughs> All right, I've got Much the last news. <laughs> news. Ring around Hagrid's neck. <laughs> it's terrible. Because of his beard. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> uh, visitors to a Wisconsin park made a surprising discovery. An eight to nine foot monolith installed under mysterious Another circumstances one? next to a hiking trail. Another Apparently monolith. so. Something's going to happen. Something wonderful. The monolith was first spotted during the weekend at Country Grounds Park and uh, excuse me, Country Grounds Park in Wauwatosa. The observer said the lack of snow atop the structure indicated that it was installed sometime after Friday night so- snowfall. The monolith evokes memories of similar structures that started appearing in various locations around the world after a metallic structure was spotted in the Utah desert back on, in November last year. That was 10 days before it was removed by a group of people who said they were concerned about the environmental impact of tourists visiting the unusual landmark. Most of the monoliths that have appeared, including one in Romania and another and others in Britain, Texas, and California had sides made of metal, but the objects in Wisconsin appear to be made of cardboard or plywood covered in aluminum foil. Well, apparently resources are running thin. So, Speaking of environmental impacts because people can't go look at something, there's always somebody trying to spoil somebody's fun, you know, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Environmental impacts. Oh. Remember, we just made fun of Harry Potter just now and did a Harry Potter thing. Uh, <laughs> the place, the, the beach side 
place where Dobby died, the mm-hmm. gravestone of Dobby, apparently was filmed not in a studio. It was filmed on a real beach somewhere. That scene they filmed on a beach somewhere, you know, with a little house in the background. Mm-hmm. They may have put the house there, but or CGI it, but the actual beach location they were there. They that was there for a long time. Dobby's little tombstone was actually they left it there, and people flocked there. They found out oh. where it was and flocked there, and would every now and then just come up there and check it out and stuff like that. Well, they wind up having to remove it because of the environmental concerns of people <laughs> showing up. So yeah. Is it? Uh, I'm distracted by the TV again. I got to tell you, um, that <laughs> scene gets me every time, and it's a CGI character. And yet, yes. every time I'm like, and I know it's coming. Yeah, I know every time, and, and every you, time I keep thinking, maybe this time the knife doesn't make it. <laughs> maybe it doesn't go into the portal. Right through that portal. Yeah, I think every single time this is the time Dobby doesn't get hit. I think, and you knew he was because you'd probably read the book already. Read the books. Right? I knew exactly. And I what didn't happened. read the book, so it was total surprise to me when I first saw it. That was the joy of of me, at least, watching the Harry Potter films because I had never read the books and I had no idea what was coming. Mm-hmm. Now I know some of it, but now for it to still entertain you after knowing you've read the books mm-hmm. means that's a hallmark of a well-made motion picture. They're doing a good job at it. And a lot of kids, I remember when the first couple movies were out. I didn't join Harry Potter until the second film. First one had already came out. A friend of mine said, "Oh, you you've never seen the Harry Potter movies here. I got the first two on DVD. Take them, watch them, see what you think." Immediately watched them. I'm like, "Oh, those this is great. I mm-hmm. love this universe. It's fantastic." So the first one I saw in the theater was The Prisoner of Azkaban. That was actually the first one I got to see. Well, being that much into it, and if they can make you that emotionally vested in a CGI character, they must have darn did a darn good job at filmmaking because I felt that way too. It, yeah, a re- wrenching. Wrenching. Just, I was like, what a cool little character. At first, at first, I didn't know. I'm like, what's this Dobby guy? He's, he's annoying. Shows up, tries to save Harry. Seems like he's prone to accidents and he messes things up and stuff. But you kind of grow to to love the, the the little goofball mischief. He is. You know, that, and that's the that thing. He he's such a pure of heart. It's like he's like a dog version of it. Like like that's a personification of like the loyalty of a dog that he's can so talk. Loyal. But he's kind of a goofball and can do magic, right. yeah, <laughs> too. And yeah. apparently, he's pretty powerful once you once he's freed and can do. Apparently, house elves can do a lot. Yeah. And some of them are not so nice. Yeah. <laughs> some of the you others shall a little not more. touch Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> but if 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 I get a chance, and if and if anybody listening can do it, when I saw Dobby's face, you know, forget the the pointed ears that he has, mm-hmm. the elf ears, just his facial are you talking features. About who he might have been modeled after? Yeah. Well, here, but I'm. But it may not be who you think it is. There was an actor named Vladak Shabal who was actually in um, a television show. He was in a lot of things, but a TV show I used to watch that came out in the early 70s called UFO. It was about an organization that fought UFOs attacking Earth and whatnot. It was a spinoff. It was, it was by the same guy who brought... Remember the, the puppet show called Thunderbirds? Mm-hmm. The yeah, puppets yeah, yeah. And stuff? It was Jerry Anderson's show, and he made the TV show uh, that you also may be familiar with called Space 1999 that was on in the 70s. He did a show called UFO, and there was an actor in it that played the, one, of the, one of the doctors in it, and his name was Vladek Shabal. He's in From Russia With Love. He's the one agent that she... That, uh, that she hits with her foot knife in mm-hmm. front of uh, in front of uh, in the, the Specter guy um, Blofeld. He's in. Uh, that's the one Bond he's in. If you look at this guy's face, and I don't know whose Dobby's face is really modeled after, but to me, he's modeled after that actor of Ladek Shabal. And I'll show you at the break. I'll show mm-hmm. you a picture of him and see if you agree with me. Well, I'm like, wow, that looks like him. The big controversy when Chamber of Secrets came out is they said this was mocking Vladimir Putin. 
That his facial like, features are like Vladimir yeah, Putin. It's like exaggerated, I think. Yeah, it looks kind of like an if you look at Putin's nose exam- his with, eyes. Again, if yeah. you don't, if, if you don't put yeah. elf ears and a longer nose, but right. just his face and it his could eyes. Be. I could see that, yeah. And they put pictures side but, by side. And, of course, the Russian, of course, he didn't like that. And no, I think, of course, yes. they don't have a sense of humor. There was, this was a national <laughs> news story. Like Somebody made the point of thinking, look, at they're mocking the Russian uh, uh, right. president, Vladimir Putin. But... I, I'm I'm a big fan of that line at the bottom of all movies. Any likenesses, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, any similarities, purely, purely coincidental. Yeah. Well, we all know that Russians don't have a sense. Of, well, most of them don't have a sense of humor. If they, you know, if the Russians had sense of humor, it'd be a much better place. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. They should listen to me at least for two hours. They'd either have a sense of humor or they'd be disgusted and uh, attack. I don't know which they would do. So seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Um, I do agree. I got a couple of uh, instant messages saying, I can't believe you didn't like Wonder Woman. So we got people coming in on both sides of the aisle. A lot of people loved it, thought it was great. Nah. And I'm like, well, you know, it's 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 like food. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody has a different opinion. We were talking the other day. I just listed on, on, on Facebook um, over the past few weeks some of my favorite uh, guitarists of all time. Now, if you limit – and if even doing that, she is – Really pretty. I'm getting distracted here. I got to turn this TV off in here. On the uh, got some stuff playing in the TV. Stop! And you literally said, uh, it loud. "Yeah, oh jeez, really." We pretty. have Fox Five on in here for any breaking news, and every now and then some breaking other things comes up on the screen. Mm. Your, your favorite guitarist, and if if people and and people had some problems, I don't know why people get so mad when you don't include their favorites in something. And it's fine. I'm like, it's like I'm they like, take it as a personal right. affront. I, said, I made it. I made it clear. These are my favorite guitars. These are not me echoing Rolling Stones top 100. It's not me making someone else's. It's not me listing your favorite guitars. And he's like, how could you list so and so as your favorite guitars? I'm like, well, as one of them. I'm like, well, I'm not limiting them to just rock and roll. There were guitar players over a lot of genres, country, uh, uh, just get, play jazz. Guitar, you know, yeah. They can play a guitar and that's kind of was my to me my broad list of guitars which much higher than theirs were these people that were coming back at me with these complaints and uh, it's just like food you know you like certain types of food uh we were thinking about what what and we make touch on this when we come back after the break what music groups never had a song that you liked that you didn't like them at all and there's there i can name some of them and i've got a pretty diverse musical palette that runs from classical music all the way up to hard rock to pop to country to a little bit of everything but uh, there are some groups that you don't like it's like tomatoes and cilantro i don't like either one of those things and those are food just be you're young. weird i know i'm weird hey not the first person to say that <laughs> alicia bridges and now it's time for reflections with brother gold And now, some words from Alicia Bridges. Please don't talk about love tonight. Please don't talk about sweet love. Please don't talk about being true and all the trouble we've been through. I want to go where the people dance. I want some action. I want to live. Action. I got so much to give. I want to get some, too. I love the nightlife. I got to boogie. Disco around. I got to go where the people dance. I want some action. I want to live. Action. I want to give. I want to give it. I got to get some too. I love the nightlife. (laughs) 
Stand by to receive our transmission. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, ain't that the truth? I'm broadcasting every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon right here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. It's the home base broadcast central for BK on the air. We've, this, this station's been broadcasting, wow, continuously on AM 1450 since 1946. Now, I, would that make us one of the oldest maybe AM stations in America that's been on? I mean, they, they I know there were some on before that, but that's a pretty long track record. It's certainly it. one of the longest running continuous stations in Georgia. I'd put us in the top 10 of the country probably if, if that's the case. I, I haven't looked that. to see because a lot of signals get sold and move around. Yeah. Uh, the, the the station number may be the same, but a right. completely different owner, different format. Right. WBHF has been right here in Cartersville, Bartow and County since 1946. And we kept up with the times, added an FM signal. only took us about 20 years late to get an FM signal, but we did go FM a few years ago. Was it Paramount when they did and the big 75th anniversary year? All the logos were 75th yes, anniversary. and they had the, the old time. So yeah. we, should, uh, we should try to get a design that says 75th anniversary of WBHF. You and I would have to do it, probably. Yes. I don't think anybody yes. would be that excited about it. Uh, FM, a- we added FM, and we also added, thank goodness, we actually added streaming before we added FM, which was really weird, but we did. We were streaming online at WBHFradio.org and on the free TuneIn app. If you want to grab TuneIn and ever listen to the show or the station out of your area, wherever you might be, if you got a signal on the moon, then you can hear us on the TuneIn app. Or if you like you live in the U.K. and they say you're not allowed to use TuneIn because listening to other radio stations deprives us of ad revenue. <laughs> Boy, isn't it glad we live? I'm glad we live here sometimes, right? You can just go to our website. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Just go to wbhfradio.org, click yeah. listen live. I love some of those places I used to work. With, I used to work that would have the restrictions on you know surfing the internet on your on your on your computer desktop, and they're like. And a guy told me once, he goes, you know, there's a ways around that. Just go to this thing called uh, where it just bypasses your company and you, you surf independently through their website and you can do that. Not that I was looking at anything toward. It was just stuff that I kind of wanted to read and stuff that I couldn't see because of the restrictions. And I could still get to it by this uh, different little sneaking around website that bypasses that. You can always get around something mm. by doing stuff like that. Let's do the on this day in history. We can't get around that today. It's January the 9th on this day. Some interesting ones today, including some movies, some things in history and birthdays, 1830. On this date, we'll go way back for this one. 1839, the first photograph of a person at the French Academy of Science was taken on this wow. day. It was a person, I think, getting it. It was like in France, and it was, I think, it was a, it's a shot of a building, a street corner, and in the distance, you can see a guy standing on the corner, is getting his shoe shined or something going on in the corner of the. Well, it's shot. amazing. So you had to stay still for so long because of the yeah. way it would. It, it, it wasn't like snap, <laughs> right? And it was crazy how on this day, the first photo of a person. They hadn't taken one of a person, a human being. That's crazy. Until uh, January 9th, 1839. 770-386-1450 is a number. Someone's on the line right now. Let's find out who it is. Hey, it's BK on the air. Who is this? Happy anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Oh, my goodness. He's singing the Flintstones song <laughs> from Fred Flintstone. Happy anniversary. That's the one. <laughs> it's Pat McCormick for the Golden Rage of TV. I thought you might check in today, and I'm glad you did. I know that we didn't set it up, but it's a nice surprise. Happy anniversary, buddy. Thanks, BK and and Alan. You guys, I love you both. And thanks for having me be a part of that magnificent show that has been on the oldest, longest-running AM radio station in the history of mankind. <laughs> and that, well, that's what we're saying, and we're sticking to it. That's, that's, that's how great. someone proves us wrong. But let me let's make this clear: you, you you do love me more than Alan, right? You love me a little bit more. 
Yes, it's true. I don't admit that. I don't admit that when I'm in bed with Alan. <laughs> no, yeah, see, he, he keeps that. He, we keep the pillow talk to non-BK subjects. <laughs> Good. We, well, we both feel weird I, about it. You know. I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm so glad of our two-year anniversary, our two-year correspondence that we've had that started. It doesn't seem like it's been two years. It's been really crazy, and I feel like I've known this guy my whole life since we have so much in common in that classic TV background that we both grew up and and know and love. The only difference with Patty is, is he's a lot more talented than I am and can play a guitar like you wouldn't believe. And I wish I could do that. I can't. Which begs the question: Did I make one of your favorite guitar players in that poll you were just talking uh -oh. about? Uh oh. Uh oh. Yes, oh. you did. <laughs> Did you not see the list? Um, no, and I'm, I'm Good. holding back because I don't want to be hurt. Good. I got time now to go well, back and edit the list. Now he's, he's, he's been lied to twice. Now, <laughs> let me wait a minute. Let me put let me put a caveat on that. It, it was not. It was the fa it was my favorite guitarist that I don't know personally. List that I did. That's <laughs> the, my list that I did. That's well, awesome. you're safe now. Wow. I will be driving out there then. <laughs> But, so, hey, listen, I, I just wanted to check in real quick and tell you guys thanks again for having me be a part of this. I want to thank Walt Murray, too. He's been very supportive, and I know he's there more often than not. And, uh, you know, you guys are just the best. And keep it keep it going. Well, you know, thank you. We will. It's we will. easy to do with such cool people like you. Um, yes, thank you. And I'm always glad to hear. I, every time you send me the new Golden Range of TV spots, you know, I listen to them, I preview them, I want to hear them, and, and I look forward to getting the new ones all the time. I'm like, what's, what's Pat going to talk about this time? What's he, is he going to include something that I really love? And you do do the things that are off the wall that a lot of you people do, don't do. remember some, sometimes. <laughs> I love that when you do when you include those things that a lot of people don't remember that because that's part of what my show does is make you remember things that you've forgotten. And then when you find Finally remember it you go oh yeah i remember that guy on that show that was great and i got a couple of i'm doing i'm in the middle of on this day in history today, and i got three or four tv anniversaries today i know you're going to keep listening i want you to check them out i will and, and hey thanks for keeping me motivated too barry i really appreciate that and on, and before i my phone dies here which is it's about to i have to point two cents in on wonder woman i just do uh Okay, enough said. Okay, good. <laughs> He's like me, that he thought the well, same thing. But were you as happy as I was to see the surprise mid-credit sequence cameo? I thought that was great. That was a nice surprise at the end. Well, you beat me to the punch because that, of course, was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> It's been out a while. Alan doesn't care because he's like, ah, you can you can surprise. It ain't going to be yeah, a surprise to me. It's not going to bother me. The mid credit sequence, Linda Carter shows up, and I thought it was fantastic. Oh, that's she awesome. should have been in the first one, but that that's really great. And oh, and that's she fantastic. looks so good. She too. does. She's I mean, another another one of those ladies that the other one. Okay, we got a train coming down in downtown downtown Cartersville right now, and I just saw a car go around the guardrails again. At Isn't that, that crazy? The tr the train <laughs> the rails come down to block people from crossing, and he just whoever it was just went right around them in the train on its way so that's crazy it just got me distracted i'm sorry but yeah i i love the i love it every saturday pat and you and i i promise one day we're going to meet in person and have a cup of coffee and a piece of pie i swear i don't know when that is but we'll do it <laughs> well it sounds good to me buddy all right buddy. all right well i'll, I'll let you guys, you guys get back to the show and i will see you next week you're welcome anytime buddy bye-bye pat mccormick golden ridge of tv so happy to so I'm glad he sent me a long today. sleeve t-shirt or a long sleeve shirt right now because it's great. Because we need it yes. <laughs> right now. A long sleeve t-shirt, great Golden Rage of TV t-shirt. I still have to take my photo of me with it on. I don't have it. I did the black one, but I haven't done the white. As one. we sit here to try to watch more cars go around the guardrails and the uh, who who in their right mind would try to outrun a train? That's just, We're not even that dumb. No, I'm not. I'm dumb, but I'm not that stupid. We'll continue to do this on this day when we come back. 
Roadway crashes and fatalities in Georgia are on the rise. The Georgia Department of Transportation's top priority is safety, and this trend endangers the lives of us all. Take responsibility to protect yourself, your passengers, and other motorists. Buckle up, observe the speed limit, and stay off your phone. Follow these simple steps every time you get behind the wheel. This Drive Alert Arrive Alive message is brought to you by the Georgia Department of Transportation. Walk away slowly. He tried to bite me. Never try to pet an animal you don't know. He may be lost, sick, or scared. You mean he might be dangerous. That's right. If we don't know, we leave him alone. And we don't get bit. Now I know. And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Give it up! Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, don't feel bad. It's just me. I'm harmless to some people. It's BK on the air. Here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF, I want to remind everybody that after the show is over, every Saturday at noon, I do take it, I repackage it, I put bionic parts on it, and I augment it. I give it a gamma radiation zap and turn it into the hulk of a podcast that it is. It's BK on the Air podcast, and you can hear it on uh, SoundCloud, you can hear it on Anchor, Spotify, and go to YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. That was uh, a marvelous plug. It was. So check it out. The podcast is there. Both my friends Alan and Walt of the Wilder Ride and myself, we can do some shameless plugs. We both made the top ten on the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list again, which Ooh, is always right. fun that people listen to the show and actually vote. You can go on there at podcastmagazine.com and vote for your top three favorite podcasts that you listen to. And a lot of people voted for us, and I think that's really fun that they I'm expecting to slip this did. month. You're going to slip? Yeah, because, you know, we took a month off. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, I've got it on my phone. What number? No, not not that slip in January. I'm assuming. I mean, yeah, when February comes out, because it'll be like, ah, there's been nothing new. <laughs> well, I looked, at, I looked at it, and I couldn't remember what number everybody is, so let me look. Now, a lot of people are on the list that, we, that we're fans of, that we, that we love. So I think we might have switched positions. I'm number six on the top ten. You guys are number seven. Oh wow! So we kind of uh, kind of flipped. I was number nine, I think, last month or whatever. Oh, so you went up and we went down. Okay, so, good. So I, I don't care. Just so we're in the we're top seeing 10. you on the way going the other way. Some more. <laughs> let's see who the other top 50, 60 minutes with is number fifteen. Other friends of ours, friends Excellent. of yours too, which is great. Radio Labyrinth with Tim Andrews is number seventeen on the top hot fifty. Now they are hot. They They're are hot. You know, I've seen Autumn Fisher. I will tell you hot. both the uh, sixty MW <laughs> and uh, Radio Labyrinth, although fantastic culturally related podcast, are not safe for work. No, and uh, if you want to just play a joke on somebody at work, tell them, hey, listen to Radio Labyrinth and turn it up really loud. Is it safe? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Uh, a podcast that I, another one that I listen to, the WKRP in Cincinnati, WKRP Cast is number twenty three. Those are some great guys. Um, Alan Stair over there, and uh, who else? Down. How many? How many other people we know on here? Because I'm just like I'm, I like pointing out the people that we know and we listen to because 
people that do podcasts and stuff like to promote other podcast folks. Right. And I think that's a fun way of uh, that's that it's not well I think uh, one it's of not our, like cutthroat, you know, other people competing with each right. other. We actually help each other out. We do. And uh, one of the ladies who actually uh, is very active on social media trying to promote a lot of shows is yeah. uh, Fran from the Real Queens of Queens. And I think they, they make are the list fantastic well. too. The uh, so. Booze and Bettys are hilarious too. Yes. From uh, Are they from New York as well? They're from Chicago. Chicago. Okay. So, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. They're up there from the uh, Chicago I don't want to get into the whole dogs and stuff. New York and Chicago pizza war. Yeah, I like all pizza, but I do prefer one over the other. So, yeah. And it's a I'm war in my house. I'm going to New York for pizza. My, my wife and I prefer two different ones, but if a big deep dish Chicago pizza is sitting in front of me, I'm going to oh, eat it. I'm not going to say I'm gonna no. I'm going to eat it, yeah. There is really no <laughs> really turning it away. There's bad pizza toppings. There's just no bad pizza. So Correct. You can always pull the things toppings off. Except when it comes when it comes to something else I don't like on a pizza or anything is strong green peppers. Because green peppers, to me, if you put green peppers on something, the whole thing tastes like green peppers. It's one of those oh, foods see, that, infects, that infects everything that it's on. You use words it incorrectly. overpowers everything else. Oh, green pepper, mushroom, so, and pepperoni, my yeah. all-time favorite combo. But then it's a green pepper pizza. It's not a <laughs> That's what it tastes like. It's just a bunch of green peppers. It's like cilantro. Don't like cilantro. Can't stand the taste of it. And that's something that, that's has something to do with your the way the way you're put together because I've heard that cilantro either people love it or hate it and it's and you're predisposed to how you're how you're right. set up. To me, cilantro tastes like I don't know soap. It tastes like it tastes very medicinal. I don't. I know get why. where that has that flavor. I can't do cilantro like by it. itself, but I don't mind it in a good salsa. If you've right. got your onions and tomatoes and your See, under, I can oh. leave it out. And we know where I stand on tomatoes unless they're cooked or in a marinara sauce. Or so in you don't ever sauce, do like so. salsa then, I guess. Yeah, I do do salsa, but it has, but salsa is different. It's 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 got things. It's got onions in it and stuff. And if it's spicy, I can do that. Okay. Just, I can't eat a raw tomato. Gotcha. I can't pick a tomato up and take a bite out of it. I'll. Uh, well, as Spock uh, says, uh, no one's perfect. Boy, don't we know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're reminded of that every day at home. When we're at home, we're yeah, always In case it were to ever slip my mind. <laughs> 770-386-1450 is a number. Hey, somebody's calling right now again. It's BK on the air. Hello. Hey, buddy. Uh, another little food that there's no gray line on. It is black licorice. Yes, you either love it or you hate it. I, you will never, in my 54 years, yes. I have never heard anyone say, "Well, it's all right. I can take it or leave it." I loathe black licorice. Not I at all. Stand. Not going to touch uh, it. It's, yeah. That's why it made I don't our even top by the jelly bean section because I don't even want to see the black jelly bean. No, Just die. I, I'm with you there, buddy. Yeah, it's why is terrible. during our sixth annual Spooktacular, we agreed that it's the last of the candy that you may not even oh, yeah. eat, the Good and Plenty's, because yeah. of the black licorice. Yeah. Hey, to our friends out there walking, yeah, the we Halloween, appreciate that. Yeah, the Halloween show, we talked about Halloween candy, and this black licorice, I think, was on the bottom of all of it's our lists. It's the one that I don't even bother eating. I'm like, well, I can no. throw the rest of this away. No, I wouldn't even give it. I, I wanted to give my sister reject candy. I didn't hate my sister. I, you know, I didn't enough. like her, but I didn't hate her enough to give her even the black licorice. I just threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and we, did anyone give me the Ike and Mike? You know that was uh, I didn't go to that house next year. Yeah, that was kind of the medicine tasting pills, <laughs> candy too, creamulsion, <laughs> casserole. Yeah, you know, yeah. Why don't you just give me some Nyquil so I get some good out of it or <laughs> yeah, something? You know, me, I mean, just give know, me a rock. We can all get some relief. <laughs> At least I can take. If you give me a rock, I can paint it, and make it a piece of art or that, something. That funny, yeah, but, you know, paperweight, yeah. something, you know. Well, good. Good to always hear from you, buddy. <laughs> black licorice, terrible. Uh, give somebody black licorice that you hate. You know, one of my favorite comedians growing up in the '80s was Dennis Leary, <clears throat> and he always talked about. Remember that uh, uh, Vicks Formula Forty Four D in the original oh. Green Death flavor. Yeah, it was just <laughs> That's what he calls it. The original Green Death flavor. When mom, like, you know would, what? I'd rather just be sick. Yeah. When mom <laughs> would pull out the Vicks. 
Formula 44 or the other one. I don't know if you remember this one. It had little pictures of kids on it. It was called Creamulsion for Children. I don't know if you ever tried that one, but anything if that never, sounds like you treat an art project if with, you've never tried. I'm not, not drinking. I'm not. No, I think those are the modern day castor oils that our parents keep telling us about. Oh, they gave us castor oil as kids because I think castor oil was passe by the time we were in the 70s and 80s. Yes. They'd gotten rid of it, so I've never had that either. Never and had castor oil. From what oil. I hear, I don't want. But it. my mom, I still grew up getting mercure chrome put on cuts. Yeah, that. The red, heck was that? that what was red that red stuff. acidic yeah. death? That would make it worse. Like, and you know it even what? had it skull and crossbones on the bottle. Yeah, what is what is mercurochrome? <laughs> what what actually <laughs> is it? I don't know. Like and devil's did blood? Did it help, or was it just something that says, "Well, if you put this on it, it'll fool them, and they'll think it's being it's okay"? Like, between it's that better. and Bactine, I never told my mom when I got <laughs> when I got hurt because I didn't, I didn't want, want to get sprayed. You didn't want to hurt more. <laughs> it was like you know the boo boo's going away. You know it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. I was like. Dad well, said just go out and rub dirt in it. That's, no, that's we got to spray Bactine in it. I don't want Bactine in it. <laughs> well, let's keep going down memory lane here and continue on this day in history. January 9th, 1909. January 9th. Ernest Shackleton, as a part of the British Nimrod expedition, reaches a record farthest south latitude on this day. And if you've never seen the miniseries Shackleton with Kenneth Branagh that A&E did a few years ago, it is a great miniseries to watch. Plus, it's got him in it. I mean, he's great in anything he's in. Except, Well, I start to say except um, Wild Wild West, but that's not true. He was actually really good in that as a bad guy. The but the movie was terrible. Wild Wild West. Yeah. Uh, 1951, Life After Tomorrow is the first film to receive something in 1951. You want to guess what it is? Because I'd never heard of this movie before, and I didn't know this. A it's a movie, movie called Life After Tomorrow. You're, you're kind of close. You did receive something like that. Life After Tomorrow, 1951. First movie in history to receive an X rating in oh. 1951. Huh. And I need to look it up because I'm not even familiar with the subject matter. So 1959. Here's uh, Pat McCormick's uh, Golden Rage of TV would love this. 1959, Rawhide with Clint Eastwood premieres on CBS television on this day. Head them up, move them out. Rawhide. Remember the uh, Blues Brothers when they sing that at the bar? Mm. And they start singing their song and the people are booing them. They're like, it's a country bar. And they don't know that they're in a country bar and they're doing their blues stuff and no one likes it. <laughs> so he's like, what are we going to do? Just play the theme to Rawhide. And they started playing Rawhide over and over again. And they, the guys loved it. They're like crazy. 1967. More TV music news. More of the Monkees. The second album by the Monkees is released on this day in history, 1967. 1976, hey, boys, looks like we got ourselves a convoy. Chris Christopherson? C- well, C.W. McCall, the song oh. Convoy about the CB hits number one on the country music charts. C.W. McCall, he's a guy, the people that produced that song mm-hmm. for him went on to be Mannheim Steamroller. Believe oh, it or not. really? That's the same guys. One of them, I think, one of the producers went on to be Mannheim Steamroller, and they were part of the Mannheim Steamroller group. 1984, rock band Van Halen released their most successful album in 1984, which was the album 1984. 1984. My sister had that, loved that album, still loves it to this day. She does. 1984, Billboard number one on the chart, Say, Say, Say by Paul McCartney and Michael Michael Jackson. Jackson. I remember that one of their few duos, duets that they did. It's kind of funny how they had a falling out later because they were friends. And then later on, Paul McCartney was telling a story. I think it was on Johnny Carson or or David Letterman. He goes, yeah, I was with Michael one night and he was talking about kind of joking around with me how he goes, you know, one day I'm going to own your music. I'm going to buy the Beatles. And I just kind of laughed. Yeah, sure you are, mate. (laughs) And he moved on. And then later he did, yeah. and outbid Paul for them. And Paul kind of took it personally. He, I think that fractured their friendship after that happened. So that was weird. 1984. Well, we got three 1984s in a row. It's a premiere of another TV show on NBC. 
TV bloopers and practical jokes with Dick Clark and Ed McMahon premiered on this day. That was a show I watched as a mm-hmm. kid. Because back then, that was the only way you could see bloopers at that point was on that show. It's fun watching these actors mess up sometimes, isn't it? It is. I've always liked blooper reels. A lot of actors don't like that because they're like, hey, I don't want my mistakes really. Now, some of them don't have a problem with it. Some of them are a little more verbal about it. Like, I don't. this was not meant to be released, and I don't want people seeing me mess up. It's like <laughs> having you work every day and pe- people see you mess up. You don't want to see that. Well, no, for us here on the it. air, it's every day. So... <laughs> They can see us. 2001, 2001 on this day, January 9th, Apple announced iTunes at the Macworld Expo in San Francisco. Wow. 2001, iTunes. 2000, no, 2007, January 9th on this day, Apple CEO Steve Jobs announces the iPhone in 2007. It's crazy. So there's two Apple ones right there. Birthdays, Vic Mizzy, American composer, band leader, Green Acres, and the Adams Family theme. You've heard his music before. Died in 2009. Bob Denver, Gilligan himself's birthday is today. He died in 2005. Susanna York, English actress from Superman and several other things. And Jimmy Page, English rock guitarist. We'll return after these announcements. Ring around the collar. Ring around the collar. Those dirty rings. You try soaking them out and scrubbing them out, and you can still come out with... Ring around the collar! Now try Whisk. Whisk out cleans any other laundry product because it sinks in and starts to clean before you start to wash. Gets even permanent press collars really clean. You won't hear ring around the collar with Whisk. If you like pizza made the real Italian way with bubbly cheese, tangy seasonings, pure ingredients, You'll say our pizza is the Mosta. Try some now at the refreshment center. Most illogical. You know, there's nothing like when a composer will take a, or a music guy will take a theme from something and turn it kind of into a rocky-like little disco-y sounding song. Miko did that. He would take themes to films and make them sound like this Empire Strikes Back song right now that I'm playing. Uh, Miko's Empire Strikes Back. I had this 45 and I played it over and over because there's a lightsaber interlude in the middle of the mm-hmm. song that I don't get to. And it was it was great. I, I know I had two or three forty fives growing up that were the mixes of Star Wars, the Cantina, oh, lightsaber. Yeah. That and was Miko as well. Miko yeah. did a, a Star did Wars. Did he one do too. one for Close Encounters? He did. He did one for Close Encounters in nineteen seventy seven. He did. He did that kind of stuff. He did one for Star Trek, the motion picture, which I don't think was quite as successful. But uh, he would take all those and put them together on an album and pops. He wanted to take these themes and make them danceable, which and a lot of people had gone. So this day in history, we've got one more birthday. It's J.K. Simmons birthday today he'll sell you insurance or maybe he'll try to get spider-man or both or he'll he's the m&m and the m&m commercials did you know that he's the voice of the the m&m and the m&m commercials of all the things that you could pick well i just added to the other stuff you said yeah but yeah he's but i think he's a great j jonah jameson he is is oh he in in the in the sam raimi spider-man's he even had the haircut and everything looked just like a a comic book personification of how j jonah jameson looked and the and the attitude as well today is national something day every day is also always something day national something day today is national apricot day today which is great i didn't discover apricot jelly until much later in life i was usually like i was a kid i'm like oh Grape jelly. That's all I'll have. Grape jelly. Grape jelly. Grape jelly. Peanut butter and grape jelly. Well, no. Later on, I discovered strawberry jelly, then apricot jelly, orange marmalade. Wow. Marmalade, or however you pronounce it. Apricot is probably now the the, the flavor of the month for jelly that it's my favorite, I guess, because I really love it. Hmm. When I go to jelly, I get that. Today is National Balloon Ascension Day. Letting it, let them rise? Are we going to have to go out and 
let go of the balloons or is it does it mean hot air balloons what does that mean i guess any balloon if it goes up it's balloon ascension day as long as it's ascending let me hold on let me rub my fingers let me Wait, rub my what? feet on the carpet hold on what are you trying to do? Uh, all right, touch my finger. Nope. Come on, touch my finger. Nope. Touch not, it. Come no. on, touch my finger. It's what National you, Static Electricity Day with you. You're my friend. I want to celebrate it with you. I want to see if we can blow the blow out the. Uh, no. Nope. Uh, I want to see if we can blow out the. We're the, apparently too the board here. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, careful around all that heavy duty electronic. <laughs> Alan doesn't want to touch my finger. I don't know why. Is there anything worse than not realizing you've got a tad static charger when you go to turn on the light switch? Or touch somebody else in the house. Like, back when it, oh, yeah. And the bigger shag the carpet, the worse it was. Mm. The worse it was. It was really bad. I didn't say pull my finger. I just said touch it. it no, but it, it, was, deal, so. it reminded me of an Come uncle. So. <laughs> it must be the gray hair. I don't know. <laughs> Mind you. Hey, uh, today is also, get this, and this should be every day, at least according to you and I. Today is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Excellent. I believe in the old things, you know. Family, friendship, fairness. That's what this country's all about, taking it to the edge, laying it all on the line. I watch your tail, you watch mine. I value human life. Hey, we're all on the same side. T.J. Hooker, he's with you. That promo was from 1984 for T.J. Hooker, William Shatner, on National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Excellent. I'll watch your tail. You watch mine. I watch your tail every day. Make sure mm-hmm. everything's okay. Depending on whose tail it is. I got your back. <laughs> that science program earlier, that would have been <laughs> Yeah, well I don't know worth, who that was on television. Well but worth I, watching. I will never forget. I got a story here from MeTV. You and I love things that teach us something. I didn't know this, and it's it's a nostalgic type thing from MeTV. having a fit over there because Bugs Bunny and Hillbilly hair <laughs> hit him calling once, the, hit him again, the hillbilly critter ain't dead <laughs> calling the, uh, the square dancing song making them beat the crap out of each other because I knew exactly what was on the screen without seeing it oh from that. wow I, got, I played that because I got a story here from me TV which kind of taught me something and maybe it will you as well Bugs Bunny is the reason people think rabbits eat carrots but it was just a movie spoof this is from MeTV.com. today director Frank Capra is best remembered for his perennial Christmas favorite, It's a Wonderful Life. At the time of its release, however, in 1946, same year this station started broadcasting, by the way, there's that year popping up again, the film was a bit of a bomb when it came out, and we know that. The studio lost money on the movie at the box office. At the peak of his career, 
Director Capra was far better known for his earlier comedy called It Happened One Night. That screwball romantic road trip swept the 7th Annual Academy Awards, becoming the first film to ever win all five Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Writing. That's no small feat. It was the highest grossing picture of 1934 as well. Clark Gable, the handsome star, became a household name at that point. Not from Gone with the Wind, that was later. In short, what we're saying is... Just about all of America knew about It Happened One Night. Like any smash comedy, it was quoted and copied back in the day, much like we do the movies today. It's not a, Younger people don't know a lot about it now. Now, Gable's character, the out-of-work reporter Peter Warren, had a quick talking wit and a few particular quirks. In one scene, he eagerly chopped carrots while explaining how to hitchhike to Claudette Colbert. He chewed and grabbed with his mouth full of vegetable. It was just he was talking with the with the carrot in his mouth or whatever. Now jump forward to 1940. Tex Avery produced one of his most important pieces of animation, A Wild Hair. It was called. This merry melody short is now considered the official debut of the fully realized Bugs Bunny. Early iterations of the Happy Rabbit character had appeared in earlier Looney Tunes cartoons. But this was really the first uh, appearance of, of the actual Bugs Bunny character. Here was the Bugs we all know and love. Gray chomping on a carrot and saying, what's up, Doc? The carrot, the voice, and even the line, what's up, Doc, were all references to It Happened One Night, the movie. Wow. Yes, Bugs Bunny was essentially a movie spoof. In an early scene of It Happened One Night, Colbert's upper crust character, Ellie, sits on a Greyhound bus next to a fellow named Oscar Shapley, who plays played by Roscoe Carnes. He hits on Ellie, who has no interest whatsoever. Gable's character comes to Ellie's rescue, pretending to be her husband. I uh, didn't mean anything, Doc, Shapley says. No offense, Doc. And yes, Mel Blanc's voice sounds awfully like Shapley if you listen to the movie of him talking. Huh. When Bugs pops out of his rabbit hole, grabs a carrot, and asks Elmer Fudd, What's up, Doc? Tick. Tex Avery is working in two references to a hit movie. Audiences at the time watching this animated short in movie theaters would have picked up on the nods. In fact, the Bugs spoof of Clark Gable became so popular that people started to believe that rabbits eat carrots. Yes, you heard that right. Rabbits in the wild do not naturally eat carrots. Veterinarians warn, uh, warn that carrots are unhealthy for rabbits, believe it or not. They have a high sugar content and should only be rarely given to a pet as a treat. Nevertheless, pet owners feed their bunnies carrots because of Bugs Bunny. Because of Bugs Bunny was a, was spoofing Clark Gable. Clark Gable. That's why. See how a little joke can shape society. Now, who wow. says cartoons and and movies and television aren't powerful? By the way, you can watch Bugs Bunny and Friends on MeTV one full hour Saturdays at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning before you get to this show at 10 o'clock. So, there you go. A little Bugs Bunny trivia involving carrots and Clark Gable and a movie. That's really cool. That I kind of really didn't know about that I should have. I learned something new today. I was this many years old when I learned. We're never too old to learn. Began there. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturdays. Sunday, the Hardy Boys search for a beautiful girl uncovers a ring of modern day pirates. Then time runs out for Battlestar Galactica. We have to turn back. As Apollo and Starbuck lead an army of clones in a desperate attempt to destroy the ultimate weapon. Sunday on ABC. Wow, flashback to 1978 there, Battlestar Galactica and the Hardy Boys. I don't think I watched still the Hardy Boys great very much. Great score. I still go back and revisit 
Battlestar Galactica because I have the uh, the series on DVD, which is great. A lot ahead of it, very ahead of its time, but obviously made because of Star Wars popularity. Even John Dykstra, that supervised a lot of the Star Wars special effects, jumped ship from Lucas and went over and worked on Battlestar Galactica. And I'd forgotten about all the lawsuits that uh, Lucas had on Battlestar Galactica when it came out. They couldn't for a while. They on the on the episode, the Cylons had a ship that was called a Base Star. It looked kind of like a yo-yo turned mm-hmm. on its yeah. side. And he thought that sounded too much like Death Star. So he, he had a lawsuit against them. And if you noticed in some of the early episodes, the actors' mouths are saying base star, but they're dubbed over with base ship. They had to dub it over and call it a base ship instead. Really? Oh, it was a lot. The Vipers were... I mean, Doc, I understand Doctor, I think, took a lot of earlier designs for the X-Wing fighter and Millennium Falcon and stuff and took them to Galactica, which, you know, they didn't use those designs. I guess they were rejected, not used in Star Wars, and he took them over to the Galactica. I even think the, I even think the Viper, somebody told me the Viper was the, the original Y-Wing fighter, because if you look at the Viper's wings from the back, it looks like a Y. It's like a triangle, mm-hmm. three-pointed, three-pointed three, three points on it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But uh, I have a list here from H&I. H&I, Heroes and Icons channel, which is kind of like a subsidiary of MeTV. They play uh, your Heroes and Icons show on the H&I channel. Eight of the most expensive TV shows made in the 1960s and 70s. It seems like television networks and streaming platforms are spending more on programming now than ever before. Yeah, look at uh, Game of Thrones budget and uh, some of these other shows. They had the big budget shows. Big budget shows like those and The Mandalorian are rumored to cost tens of millions of dollars in episodes. Maybe not tens of millions for The Mandalorian, but it is expensive. Forty to fifty years ago, the landscape was quite different. Large budgets were reserved for movies. Television was the domain of cheap Easy to produce programs shot on simple sets and studio backlots. Kids today will never really know about that. Today, mm-hmm. kids think kids kids watch things on Netflix and stuff that are movie quality. Uh, now you can't really tell the difference. You know the shows on this list proved that some serious money went into producing television series, even back then. Let's try to squeeze it in before the top of the hour. Number one, Wagon Train, the Western. $100,000 per episode. And these, this money is going to sound ridiculously low today, but for the time in the 60s, early 60s, Wagon Train was still in black and white at the time. $100,000 per episode. Popular westerns told the story of people traveling by wagon from Missouri to California in the late 1800s. Each episode focused on a different guest star, usually someone the Wagon Train encountered along the way. So... It was Wagon Train. While not the most expensive show on the list, per episode cost about $100,000 is nothing to sneeze at back in the early 60s. That's over 800000 in today's money per show. If Holy you, crap. If you adjust it. Uh, number two on the list, Bonanza cost $225,000 per episode. The classic TV western followed the daily lives of the Cartwright family. Lauren Green played the widowed patriarch uh, Ben Cartwright, who lived with his three grown sons, Adam, Eric, Hoss, and Joseph, or Little Joe, played by... Hmm. Um, Michael Landon. Uh, again, another Lauren Green tie-in. He was a commander, Dama, and he was on Battlestar Galactica. The brothers were played by Pernell Roberts, Dan Blocker, and Michael Landon. Over the 14-year run, Bonanza more than doubled its production budget. In its first few seasons, it cost around 110000 per episode, but it ballooned to 225000 by season 14. In today's money, that ranges, that could be around $975 million to $1.3 million per episode. Per episode? Yeah. That's crazy. Number three on the list, the original Star Trek. Star Trek, two over $200,000 per episode on Star Trek. And back then, you could see where it was spent because they had to have sets, they had to have planets, they had to have special effects. Star Trek, I think, spent probably more money than Lost in Space did. So, yeah, $200,000 today would be $1.5 million. And I think back when Star Trek The Next Generation came out in the late 80s, it was budgeted at $1.5 million per episode or somewhere around there. I thought I had the read 80s. somewhere that was like a million an episode. So, so. Star Trek kept up the right 
they they matched them. So that was that was really good. Number four, Land of the Giants, another Irwin Allen show. The guy that did Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and and Lost in Space, a lot of other shows that he did. He did a show called Land of the Giants. It was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per episode. That's that's where the, the the astronauts traveled to another planet, I think. And everyone, it was it was an Earth like planet. Only they were only two inches tall on this planet and everything else was giant it looked just like earth only everyone was giants giant cars giant houses they were giants compared to people on that planet and that cost a lot of money to do in the 60s because there was no cgi to mm-hmm. do that, that if they if they needed to build a giant table they had to build a giant table for them to interact with it's like genie's bottle and uh, had to be a, a giant set that she was on the inside of her bottle mm-hmm. and it was a big set uh number five planet of the apes did you know that planet of the apes had a television show that ran, yeah. I think, for a season. It was really good, but it was $250,000 per episode for the Planet of the Ape TV shows. A lot of these, obviously, are sci-fi shows because of what they had to do and what they had to build. Uh, number six, another Western, The Virginian. Another show premiering in 1962, The Virginian was the first 90-minute Western to appear on television. It broke the format of an hour or 30 minutes. It was 90 minutes long at the time. I don't think any shows really do that anymore on network television. Nope. $330,000 an episode. Adjusting for inflation, the Avenger, uh, the, uh, the Virginian today would cost $2.8 million an episode today. Holy crap. A lot of money. <laughs> uh, there, here's the other Irwin Allen show that did Land of the Giants. He did a show called The Time Tunnel, where James Darren and other cast members, Lee Merriweather, there was in it and they they owned a time machine where they would go back and interact in history and try to do things and correct things and and, and go back in time which was kind of ahead of its its time as a show five hundred thousand dollars per episode in that show from 1966 to 67 and that's maybe partly what broke it because you imagine the money it had to make back just to, just to clear it and better be out, a hit you know that's almost four million today per episode five hundred thousand dollars in 1967 uh that's that's a lot well think about this the Friends cast, when it hit its oh, height, yeah. yeah, each actor wanted a million per episode. That, that was just to pay their salary. And that's an example of the cast costing the money, not the sets and the special effects and everything else. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Every episode. Oh, yeah. Now, some of these shows on the list are flops. Some of them were hits. And some of them were didn't become hits until they went into syndication, and they weren't very popular on television. Here's one flop that was terrible. Number eight, Super Train. Do you remember the NBC show Super Train? Mm-mm. It was their attempt to do a fantasy island love boat, but on a train, a futuristic train on NBC. Back in 1979, it cost a million dollars to do an episode of Super Train back then. That's probably what killed it, because it was always rock bottom in the ratings. It was terrible. If you ever get to see clips of Super Train on YouTube, please do it, because it is uh, it was pretty bad. And I see why. It was, probably got mixed up with Soul Train. It was like, oh, it was where's terrible. Where's Cornelius? And last but not least, I added this to the list because they didn't include it, and I don't know why. Battlestar Galactica. I just played a clip from Battlestar Galactica. Ran from 78 to 79. Battlestar Galactica was enormously expensive for its time, and it rumored to have cost about a million dollars per episode back then in 1978. Although it eventually got rebooted as one of the most beloved science fiction shows of all time on the Sci-Fi Channel, the show's performance in 1978 was only so-so. Yeah, it was kind of a bomb when Galactica came out. It didn't do as well as they thought it would, and they sunk so much money into it that it's considered a a big bomb Mm. for television. It started off kind of strong with the first two-hour movie. And was overwhelmed by CBS's All in the Family and Archie Bunker. <laughs> and ABC decided not to renew it for a second season. So there's another show. Some of these expensive shows back in the 60s and the 70s that it cost to put put together. There's a little nostalgic 
geekiness walk down memory lane. Yeah, I didn't know anything about the budget for Battlestar Galactica, but I loved that show as a kid. I did, I did, and I still love it. I still love watching it. It did turn into a show that people kind of got reimagined for the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, I didn't like the remake that much. I loved it. Was just it was just personal preference for me. I didn't. I don't like. I loved it until about the fourth or fifth season when they. I think they go. They keep renewing us. We have no idea where to but, take this. <laughs> we, gotta, we need to get the Stranger Things guys to write our yeah. script for us. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes that happens. That you get, you're, you're a victim of your own success. Well, so many people like it, you don't know where to and take it. And you run it. out of ideas. That's kind of where you should step back, but the money won't let you do that, and the excess, success won't let you do that. Some people should just kind of sit, I think, step back and go, let's just stop it. I think with let's the reinvasion BSG, they, the, the original creators and writers were basically like, we're done. And like, okay, well, we'll just replace you. Right, and we just need see, somebody to write something. <laughs> and it was, and, and I lost interest. But even well, Game of Thrones with the original creators, they should have ended before well, they I've, ended. Because, I've heard when I finally watched Game of Thrones to prepare myself for the last season because I'm not going to like it. Yeah, so. the last wow. season is sort of like okay. a sum up rather okay. than an actual right. in depth. Like all the, well, it's worth going through. It is so worth. When it. they were thinking about well, reviving Battlestar Galactica, Richard Hatch from the original series cast was had his own version he was putting together, and Glenn Larson said, "No, we want to go this other route." which finally became what it was, came out with. When I saw the Richard, Richard Hatch took $50,000 of his own money that he raised to make a trailer for what he wanted to do. He got most of the cast back mm-hmm. that were still alive, did his own effects. The Vipers were redesigned a little bit. The Cylon ships were a little redesigned. And it was basically a continuation 20, 25 years after the events of the last episode, and he wanted to do his own version, which I was very excited for. People at the cons, when he'd take it and show it to fans, they had standing ovations for it, thought it would have been great. And had they decided to do his version, I think it would have been, I probably would have enjoyed it more, but I think it would have been successful too, because it was really a lot of heart was into that. I think he was going to start it out with Adama's funeral. Well, you know, the first scene, because he, he, Gordon Green was gone. I was really happy when the the re-envisioned BSG brought Richard Hatch in and had yes, him on as a several character. episodes. That's right. I heard And it was that. really cool because he was actually the leader of a resistance, right. sick of being stuck on these ships right. going nowhere with no leadership and representation. It was kind of interesting seeing oh, him yeah. kind of the opposite of law and order that he was when right. he played Apollo. Well, a lot of shows, you know, we talked about what was the most successful movie turned into a, a television show turned into a movie. And I was thinking it might have been Batman in the early 60s. We talked about that. They made a Batman movie in 66, I think, when Batman was still on the air. It hadn't been canceled yet with Adam West. But then when Star Trek came along in 1979 and made Star Trek the motion picture, I can't think of another television show that was made into a giant redone. It wasn't a reboot. It was just a, a sequel show because it had all the original all the original stories were intact with the original characters and mm-hmm. actors and everything. So I can't remember another one other than Star Trek or maybe Batman that did that. Yeah. Popeye in 1980, that was an early comic book movie tried during comic book in 80, but it kind of failed. Yeah. So had fun as, as usual. I'm glad everybody's here. Alan, I'm glad you're here with me Saturday. A lot of fun. A good time. Tune in next week. I'll be back for another one. And tune in on the uh, podcast BK on there on Anchor and SoundCloud and YouTube. Be back. Hi, I'm Woodsy Owl. In order to try and stop pollution, we need more help. So, help Woodsy spread the word. Come on, never be a dirty bird. No matter where you go, you can let some people know to give a hoot, don't pollute. Never be a dirty bird. In the city or in the woods, help keep America.